for a lot of us, it's hard not to jump right in when somebody we love is struggling. And I agree with you that we're limiting them. We're feeding into their limitations when we do that because we don't let them learn and grow and struggle. Expanding possibilities, the mindset zone. I'm your host, Anna Malikian. And before we start with today's show, please remember to visit mindset.zone. Yes, instead of .com, it's .zone. There you can find all the episodes and other amazing resources, all at mindset.zone. Expanding possibilities, the mindset zone. This episode is an interview originally recorded on Vered Kogan, the Mindset Game podcast. Vered is an extraordinary coach and speaker who focuses on helping entrepreneurs, organizations, and individuals tap into the power of human performance and potential. Now, let's go to our conversation. Welcome, Anna. Wonderful to be here. Thank you for joining us. Uh, My heart is full of gratitude for you uh, being here because I know that you have a wealth of experience in this area, given your own training and also from the podcast, which is, by the way, for those of you who don't know, a brilliant, wonderful podcast, uh, over a half million downloads so far and growing, featured in the Huffington Post as one of the 15 podcasts that will absolutely leave you pondering life's big questions and also reach number one in iTunes, new and noteworthy, really just a a wonderful acknowledgement to the work that you have done in this area and the value that you give to your listeners. So, (laughs) So Anna, would you be willing to share maybe a little bit more about your background, about you, so that we get to know you a little bit? Uh, And uh how people can notice as soon as I open my mouth and pronounce a couple of words. I was not born here in the United States, but I live in Phoenix, Arizona at the moment. Uh, And originally I'm from Portugal. So my background is in psychology. And when I moved here to the United States, I decided to reinvent myself uh, for many reasons. And uh, Building on my all my background in psychology, I decided to become a life coach and then a business coach. And uh, what I do nowadays is that helping coaches, consultants, speakers, and trainers really to have a presence online that generate more clients and amplify their impact. That is really the important thing. And thank you for sharing that. And as someone who's participated in your programs and has actually been coached by you in the past, uh, I know that you are wonderful at what you do and you just have a a big heart uh, as well as, of course, an expertise in what you do. So share with us a little bit about what you love to do. What do you do when you're not working? Ah, That is uh, when I'm not working. So I love my work and my tendency is not this something that comes from many, many years of men. By tendency, I'm a poor quality. So the good thing is that I was clever enough to always pick areas of work that I love. So it's almost the hobby becomes the work and the work (laughs) becomes the hobby. So makes things fun. 
But of course, I'm also very grateful for my family and the family and friends. So when I'm not working, I'm spending quality time as much as possible with my family. Um, I have a daughter that she's 11 now, so I know how fast they grow. And <laughs> they used to tell me that, but now that I'm living it even more, I want to really uh, treasure the time that I have with her, the conversations that I have with her. Um, I love to walk uh, with her and my husband and my little dog. We love to go <laughs> for a walk, uh, to spend time outdoors in this beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, when the, the weather is good. And then for me, a good evening will be a, a great dinner in a, with nice food, a nice red wine, and a wonderful conversation. Ah, thank you for sharing that. It's really nice to get a little glimpse into your world. So since this is a podcast about mindset, as is your podcast around mindset, I want to jump right in to, first of all, asking, what does the word mindset mean to you? And why is it important that people become more aware of their mindsets? Mm -hmm. So the definition of mindset, I think that is always an important question because it's one of those words that we use a lot nowadays. It's almost like a very common in the online world mainly. But I think if you ask to 10 people, you are going to have 10 different definitions of what mindset is. And some people are going to go, uh, even when mindset is something very important for them and for their lives. The way that I see it is really almost what is the frame through which you are seeing the world? Like the glasses. I love the metaphor of the glasses that you put to see the world. And the, the reality is that we have different glasses for different situations. We have the reading glasses, we have the sunglasses we have the, uh, the ones to help us uh, look near and, and far away so I think we have different mindsets I prefer the plural of the word to the singular because we have different frame of reference depending on the context that we are that frame the way that we see and live in our world Thank you. And why is it important that people be aware of those lenses that they're seeing the world through? Because those lenses give a certain color, a certain angle that is part of our humanity. Everybody would say there is no, even if we go back to the, our eyes, we have a lens in our eyes that we are very aware when people have cataracts, some eye problems, they really realize the importance of that lens that live within our eyes. So I think we never, we only can see through a lens. But being aware of the lens through which we are seeing allow us to be more flexible mm. and to develop their lens. Yes. And how does that ability to develop the lens and to be flexible, how has that served you through your ups and downs in life, maybe setbacks that you've experienced from your own personal experience? It's always it's a great place to, I like to see and give a little bit of, uh, in terms of the way that I work and see the world, my mindset and my frame of reference here. I think I like to see, if you imagine a triangle, 
I like to see one corner of the triangle is our mindset, the way our thoughts, the way that we see the world, our worldview. Another corner of that triangle is strategy, how we plan, how we see the big picture of things. And the other, uh, the third corner of the triangle is what we do is the implementation. It's the, the fits on the ground, so to speak, make things happen. And I think the mindset is a great place to be before we do a strategy, for instance, because it determines the flavor of it, determines the way that we see the world also has to do with our values. And we want to develop a plan for business or personally that is congruent or in alignment with our values. And then we want to execute. We want to implement that plan as better as we can. But again, keeping with the mindset, with our old view and your values as much as possible. So I see that three things connected. And the mindset for me is a very comfortable place to be because I love to be analyzing and thinking about and being aware of my thoughts. So it's one place that when we work as coaches with other people, that we are helping them see things from different perspectives and amplify their possibilities, allows them to have an insight that really produces chain reactions of many amazing changes. But at the same time, because it's so powerful when we are in a certain points in our lives that through the magic of coaching, of being working with a coach, that uh, the coach helps us to see things from a different perspective, to shift our mindset somehow, that suddenly everything starts to make sense and things start to happen. That is incredibly powerful. And at the same time, sometimes we are so stuck in some mindset that we have to change the doing, the implementation of stuff somehow. Sometimes it's just go and walk in nature for something to happen from that action that allows our mind to shift a little and to t- start to see more, more stuff. I don't know if this makes sense. So uh, for me, I love mindsets. I'm passionate about mindset. I think it's so powerful, the mindset work. And at the same time, is not. Is that why I'm not putting, uh, I like the triangle, not a linear model. Because the starting point can be any of it. But the three things are important, in my opinion. I think it's brilliant. And it does make sense to me. And I'm curious, what can happen in organizations, for individuals, perhaps in your own life, when we don't pay enough attention to that mindset part of the triangle? It is almost like a stool that has three legs. And if one leg is shortened, then the other, I think, and that applies to the rest. If it's just mindset and there is no implementation, or if it's just mindset and there is not a solid strategy or plan. So think the three things, in my opinion, have to be in balance. Mm-hmm. And if there is not mindset work, then is also, how, how can we make sure that we are exploring all that is possible there? Yeah. And a lot of people that are listening to this podcast today are going through change in their life and maybe, you know, going through a really hard time, Uh, maybe a lot of emotions flowing through them and uh, a lot of fear. 
So what would you suggest for those of us that are going through some obstacle? How can we take a look at that corner of the triangle and strengthen our mindset, if you will, to get even better results? And I think that is a great question because the time that we are doing this recording and depending when people are listening, I don't know exactly what is going to be happening at that time. But at the time that we are recording is we are in the the COVID-19 is happening, all this crisis in worldwide. That I think is going to define this 21st century in many different ways. But I think it's a great example of a situation that we can have the best, uh, oh my gosh, in the online business world, uh, we always in the beginning of the year do, and 2020, what beautiful number for planning the year ahead to make this is going to be a 2020 vision, a 2020 going to be great. And we have all the plans, all the strategies. And if somebody's not in business, in personal life, you will have your plans, you'll have your vacations plans, your whatever it was, uh, maybe a wedding, maybe whatever it was, or going to college or, or leaving college, whatever it, everybody had some kind of a plan that suddenly by circumstances was interrupted. I mean, the best plan and strategy in the face of this planet, but didn't foresaw this coming. That now we are asked to stay put, stay home, and that, and now what? And that is where the mindset can help us of, yes, we can go to a reactive way of thinking, and it's normal that we oh, say with so much uncertainty, so much volatility, we don't know exactly what is going to happen. So it's, it's difficult to remain positive and it's natural to be negative when there is a crisis. And we can be a little bit uh, mad, a little bit sad, a little, it's normal. And we, it's part of our emotions. And I think we have to recognize that and allow them to express somehow. But after, if we stay just there, I think for me it's limiting. So how can I see these? What are the glasses that I have at my disposal that allow me to see these from different perspectives that allow me to see a way forward or a way at least of spending the time in a way that I feel is more productive mm-hmm. or to make all if life gives you lemons, to make them the, the lemonade. And there are circumstances in life that we didn't ask for it, we didn't deserve it, but they happen. And I always go back to think about Viktor Frankl, that I know that you also admire a lot of the man searching for meaning book and the, the logotherapy movement uh, that uh, he is a, was a survivor of a concentration camp in the Second World War. I cannot imagine uh, circumstances that can be worse than that. And uh, thank God he survived, not his family. His family, or parents, wife died all there. But for me, if he could see the positive in humanity, he could see the positive in his life. If he could believe that people could be good and could find a meaning, even in these incredible circumstances, there is 
has to be a way that I can see a little bit my circumstances the best possible. Doesn't make it's not a miracle cure, but it, for me, gives me hope. Yeah, yeah. And how can we help people to put on that pair of glasses that can look at things through that meaning lens and find beauty, find love, find humor in such dire circumstances? Sometimes one of the most powerful tools that we have is just listen. Mm. And I'm learning that the hard way by being a mother. (laughs) (laughs) A mother that has the tendency (laughs) to be a fixer in... um, So in the other day, I was seeing with my daughter, we were seeing uh, a documentary about kids and about teenagers and uh, parents and so forth. And one of the scenes of this documentary was an experiment that they have a mother and the kid, the child, and the, the child had to do a puzzle, not say solve a puzzle. And the instructions to the parents was the parents should not intervene. <laughs> and solving a puzzle that is difficult for the kid and will be easy for the parents. And what they are measuring is the physiology of the child that correlates with anxiety of the child. As soon as the parent intervenes, the anxiety level of the kid goes up, even if they solve the puzzle. If the parent managed to keep fulfilling the instructions <laughs> or not intervene, even when they don't manage to solve the puzzle, yes, there is fluctuation of their anxiety, but they are okay. Wow. And that for me was, oh my gosh, because I'm the, my daughter is a problem. My first thing, okay, how can we solve this? <laughs> and uh, what I decided to do and uh, what was happening was that uh, every time they say, okay, let's solve this. And I gave my brilliant suggestion. She, I don't like it. I, that will not work for me. And now after seeing that (laughs) and um, realizing that, I just go, okay, so you have that problem. Okay, can you tell me more? Be more in the listening mode. Be more, okay, not run to fix it, not run to try to offer the solution and let her find, uh, I can ask her questions that can lead her to think things in a different way. But just by asking questions, not for offering suggestions. And it's not that what we do in coaching so many, so often. Yeah. I was going to say that lens of curiosity, which a lot of us, uh, you know, some of us trained coaches, it's a little bit easier to manage that because we've been trained. But, you know, for a lot of us, it's hard not to jump right in when somebody we love is struggling. And I agree with you that we're limiting them. We're feeding into their limitations when we do that because we don't let them learn and grow and struggle. Yeah. So thank you. Oh my goodness. And I totally resonate with that as <laughs> totally hundred percent. So thank you for that reminder. So what were out of the many episodes that you have done of the Mindset Zone podcast, what were some of your favorite nuggets of wisdom or you know tools that you received? What really stands out for you from all those wonderful conversations that you've had? For me, and it's the thing, I love to pick a concept that, even a concept that, for instance, in the mindset world, everybody loves. 
And uh, most of the time I agree with it. And deconstructed, so break it in little pieces and then put it back together and see it in different perspective. Because for instance, the need to focus will be an example. And I did a couple of uh, podcast episodes about that. Yes, it's very important to have that ability to focus and focus in a task and to implement and in the business world and in our life, it's a really an important skill. Totally agree. But sometimes it's also equally important to unfocus, to let it go, to let our mind go in many different directions, to the daydream, because sometimes the big insights happen that way. So there is also the need to unfocus. That is what my thing about the mindset zone is will be that space where we are like for our fitness physically, what we do, we do some kinds of physical exercise or we go to the gym or we walk or we run. In terms of our mind, everybody say, yes, this is important, but where are the spaces for us to have that playground like you are doing with the, for that game of just playing with concepts, just playing with different perspectives and experiment and see things and create that flexibility, their resilience, their strength that only comes from that uh, playing with it. Like uh, it's almost a mindset workout. We are working (laughs) out our mindsets Mm -hmm. and uh, allow it to be more flexible, allow to strengthen some muscles, allow to see different. And then we are more ready when life happens because yes, we reading books is important. Seeing inspiring movies is important. There are relationships, co- everything is important. But I love the intentionality of doing something that is to exercise and creating flexibility on the way that we see the world. Hmm. Wow. And I agree with you based on what I've studied. And I'm curious, what advice can you give to our listeners about how to do that, how to unfocus? And that goes back to one of the questions that you ask, what you do besides work? Because work <laughs> is yes, focus, 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 as is important also to, and each person will be different. But yes, meditation is a great way to unfocus. And But for some people can be a meditation that is listening to a tape or just focusing on the breath. And other people, still one of my favorite ways of meditating is by doing yoga with some movement because it allows me to be more in a zone because my body is doing something and I think I keep my intellectual part. It's easier to get into the flow by movement for me mm-hmm. than sometimes by just being still. But I also train this being still in the meditation. But the, There is not one way or the other. There are so many different ways. Let's try, experiment, and find what works best for us. Mm -hmm. I love that. And that's that element of play and curiosity and exploration, because there is no right, best way. It's whatever works for us. Sometimes it might be even music, or sometimes it might be showing kindness to someone that we love, or even a stranger. There's so many ways. Or a long shower. Yes. uh, Or a walk, or a hobby, uh, like gardening, be a little bit outdoors, or uh, I used to do photography that Anything that, uh, or even something (laughs) I like, um, 
the Rubik cube. Oh yes. Uh-huh. Um, there is formulas online on how to solve the Rubik cube <laughs> with logarithmics, and I love to learn some of those and do it because it's funny how our brain then is very focused on that, and that then you can release it to be unfocused in other things. So play with it. Bring that to the element of play so important. Wow. So I'm curious to know if there is anything from your own personal experience where you were maybe at a low point where some of our viewers are right now, especially with the health and, and financial crisis that's going on, you know, something that has helped you to look through that different lens and and be able to see the world in a different way that you can kind of share the gift with other people? I hesitate here because I, you know, my personal life, and I think everybody, when we live a certain amount of years, we always have something that was difficult in our lives. And for me, a relatively recent uh, one was I had cancer diagnosis. And I had to go over cancer treatment and all those things. And this is a scary thing. It's, uh, thank God with the medicine nowadays, the prognostic is good and all of the things. It's amazing what the evolution that we have, but it's still one of that words that scares. Okay, having cancer is not, it's not, uh, uh, or it's a tough thing and treatment and everything is tough. But I think I hesitate in bringing that up because I think even people that never dealt with something like that, we always have obstacles that we have to face that can be extremely difficult. And for me, the question is, while we still breathe, means that we have the opportunity to do something about it. And even if I go back to my teenager years that everything is everything seems so big and so drama-like and all of that, but the reality is that if we learn to take things one breath at a time, I think makes makes things, okay, I can do this. Okay, one step at a time. Okay, what is the next small thing that I can do? If we are going to pain or something like that, or art pain to physical pain, okay, can I just focus one breath at a time? Can I just focus in one, one positive thing? And again, it's something that, really pays off training and not waiting when things are bad for us. Oh, I should think positivity now mm. because when things are everything bad happening, yes, we can start, we can, but it's more difficult. If we train that muscle, for instance, gratitude, that uh, nowadays we speak so much about gratitude people have, but are we practicing it every day? Are we doing, and just a story about that, and again, going to the challenge of being a mother, <laughs> for me, gratitude is extremely important. Positivity is extremely important. Because for instance, that was the cancer diagnosis. The, one of the big questions is what do I want to teach to and what I want to teach to my kid, my daughter for her in the future that she can always be with her forever. And gratitude and positivity is out in the top there for me. But it's tough on the teenager when they start to go to, <laughs> uh, to the teens. They are very negative. Uh, uh, many of them in general have the, a bias to the negative. 
And I try different things from the journal in the evening to things, but never step. But one of the things there, so happy that, uh, so I decide at dinner, I like to have the dinner family. We are sit down, starting at the same time. Even the dog will wait until the, everybody starts. And uh, instead of a prayer, we start with a gratitude, something that we are thankful or grateful during the day is how we start our meal. And in the beginning was a struggle. In the beginning, okay, you have to think something positive. I was almost pushing, and even my husband, he was, okay, I'll do that for you because I love you, but uh, I don't. And now, maybe we are doing this now for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Now, in the other day, my daughter did my day because she started, because sometimes it's like pulling with a, um, a cork that you are taking out <laughs> of the bottle. Now, she has pleasure of trying to tell all the gratitudes that she thinks that I'm going to say and they're going to say. Because one of the rules is not to repeat the same oh thing. Oh my goodness, that's brilliant. Something small, but something different for not the same, to be the same one for the three of us. So she now she loves the thing about thinking about what during the day happened and to be telling, oh, this, that. Oh, uh, we have the new refrigerator. We <laughs> had, uh, uh, we, we gave Puffy the doggy a bath. So all the things and then like, She's saying, and now what do you have left? <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. For, for being, I always say, this is the practice in the beginning. It works. Stuff, but it pays off. So I'm so proud and happy about that oh. one. Yeah, that is awesome. And the fact that there is that fun and humor and, you know, kind of playful energy around the table, I'm sure is, brings a lot of ease and you know, more joy and connection. So that's just brilliant. Wow. And, I'm, and I appreciate that you shared that it's, it was a process to getting there because sometimes we start stuff like that. I know I've started some things like that and, you know, and there's resistance. And then at some point you're like, okay, forget it. It just takes too much energy. But I appreciate that you stuck with it. And that kind of inspires me to go back to a practice like that. And and really stick with it because there is a lot of value. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, oh. so thank you. Wow. Well, Anna, I'm so deeply, deeply grateful for you being here with us today because there's so much richness to your own life story. I love how you kind of sprinkled little things from your own life and you know how you as a coach also show up because I think there's a coach inside all of us. There is a listener inside all of us. And I think that when we can practice that and really kind of use those muscles, it'll be easier to show up more and more like that and to feel connected and have more meaning, as you said, in our life. So again, thank you so much for being here, for your time and for our viewers. Of course, if you like this podcast, subscribe, but also I invite you to subscribe to Anna's podcast and you'll see information below her uh, contact information, but also a link to the podcast because it is transformative. There's a good reason why I reached number one. And I truly believe that you will learn a great deal. So Anna, thank you again. I'm so deeply grateful and I wish you and your family all the best in the world. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Follow Verit Kogan's podcast by searching for The Mindset Game. You can find these and other links on the show notes. The Mindset Zone. Thank you for listening and remember to visit Mindset 
dot zone. Yes, instead of dot com, it's dot zone. There you can find all the episodes and other amazing resources, all at mindset.zone. As always, I'm so grateful you are here. Expand what's possible for you, for the ones around you, for the world. <laughs>